God bless you. I'm so thankful, as I said, to be here on this first Sunday in 2024. And uh, it's amazing that we are nearly a quarter century, quarter of the way through this century. And uh, in 24 years already, seems like time just flies by. But uh, I am so thankful for the turn of the calendar of new years, of new beginnings, as I said as I'm opening this this service today, because there's just, there's something about turning that calendar and just feeling like, you know what, I'm going to make some new commitments. I'm going to, I'm going to change some things. It gives you a little bit of hope for uh, for yourself to say that this year isn't going to be the same way as it was last year. Uh, last Sunday on January or December 31st, uh, we, we had our evening service and uh, we talked about uh, what do you see in 2024? And I don't see the same year that I saw in 2023. I see, I see a year where God has uh, great things in store. I believe that God wants to do great things here in this church, that God wants to do great things for you and with you. And, uh, but in order for any of that to come to pass, we need to, first of all, make sure that we have the foundation right, that everything that we do, that it is built upon a foundation, a firm foundation, a strong foundation. And so here this morning, we're just going to go to a very foundational teaching, uh, on the Word of God and how, or really six ways to get a grasp on your Bible. Six ways that you can begin to, to, to get a firm grasp on the Word of God. And I don't know if there's anybody here today who uh, you have purposed in your heart and in your minds at times in your life to be consistent in your Bible reading and to be consistent in in allowing the Word of God to speak to you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that you have uh, purposed in yourself to do that. Uh, here at the beginning of the year is always a great time to get back into the Word of God. It's always a great time. It doesn't have to be the beginning of the year. It's always a great time to do that. But uh, here as we start this 2024, let's, let's all commit to that getting into the Word of God. I would love for each and every one of us to dive into the Word. And in fact, uh, if you if you have a daily Bible reading plan, I I would uh, commend you and encourage you to to do so and to uh, uh, to to track your Bible reading throughout this year, so that uh, you even for yourself, if it's just you keeping yourself accountable, but so that you can get a daily dose of the Word of God and. It tells us in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Here's a scripture talking about scripture. And it says here that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Well, if it's given by the inspiration of the one who created everything, if it's given, if, it, if this is the thing that was written by the one who breathed the breath of life into man, if he's the one who knows the beginning from the end, well, then I, I better consume it. 
that all scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. That word inspiration means it's been God breathed. God breathed this out. That This is the breath of God that is here on the the words of these pages, the words that are on these pages are the breath of God. It's Him breathing it out. It's Him speaking it out. It's, it's given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for these four things. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Those four things that all scripture is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for us to understand what we ought to believe. It's profitable for reproof, the things that we should not believe. It's, it can, it can help us to know what not to believe. It's profitable for correction. There's areas in my life on that I need to know what not to do, how not to behave. And so the word of God can correct my behaviors. And it's for instruction in righteousness. It's not just telling me how not to behave, but it's also instructing me on how to behave. That's what the word of God is given to us for, is is for what to believe, what not to believe, how to behave, how not to behave. But much more than that, it's a love letter from God talking to his beloved Talking to me, talking to you, and, and showing how he, he has a desire to be reunited with his people. It says that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That all of us may be perfected, that all of us, that we can get, uh, get those areas of our life that, that are just, um, pokey and just don't seem to uh, ever get right in line and uh, you know those areas of our life that uh, that they, they need even out a bit here and there that there's some areas of the perfecting that that need to happen and that's what the word of God can do if you allow it to do what it is meant to that it can perfect us it can get us to a place where where we can be reunited with God and fully equipped to do good to everyone, to do these good works. I want to, as I said, go through six different ways that we can get a grasp on our Bible. If you have your a hand right now, if you want to just hold that, hold up one of your hands. I think everybody in here, I, 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 don't, I think everybody has five digits on their hands. Um, look around. I don't think anybody's missing any fingers. Uh, in here, so you got your your five digits, okay? So we're gonna we're gonna go through our five digits, and as you as you grasp them uh, to your palm, uh, we're gonna just talk about how we can get a grasp. You, if you get if you have your Bible with you this morning, you you use those five digits to get a firm grasp on this physical word. But let's let's use those uh, let's use that hand to just go through the six different ways that we can get a firm grasp on the Word of God. The first thing that uh, that we ought to do is to hear the word of God. That all through uh, or through the majority of human history, people didn't they didn't have a Bible. 
that they could pick up whenever they wanted. They didn't, they didn't have the text that they could just pick up and that they could read for themselves. At least most people. They, there, there was written word, there was written text, but the availability of it was scarce. Not many were able to actually get a hold of it and to read it for themselves. But hearing has always been the instruction of God, to hear the word of God. It tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that hearing is important. It says that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. Hearing the word of God gives us faith to believe in the God of the word. That hearing the word of God, now, not, not just, not just hearing as you, uh, as you are today and, um, uh, listening to, uh, listening to the, the preacher preach, but, but you can hear the word of God, that you can have those still quiet times with God where God is speaking, where you allow Him to speak. And we're gonna talk about prayer later today, but, uh, but here this morning, even even uh, if you have the uh, on your drive, if anybody ever is driving along, and uh, if you want to listen to the Word of God, you can do so. If you have any kind of smartphone, or uh, if you have a a device that would allow you to do so, there's so many uh, co- there's so much capacity nowadays to just get the Word of God downloaded into your life, into your heart. You can just listen to the word of God. There's, there's something about just letting it play. And even if you are doing other tasks, doing other things, there is something that can change in you just by hearing the word of God. But, but if you will allow it to, uh, as you listen to the word of God, if you are able to be engaged in a way where you are, where you are not just letting this be in the background, but you are engaging it as you're hearing. There is something beautiful that can happen. There is there's something that as you hear the word of God, as you begin to take notes on what you hear, that uh, in fact, if we want to go to Hebrews chapter 2, and I'm skipping one of our passages there for our media, but Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. That means take some notes as you hear the word of God. Let's pay attention. Let's, let's have a careful attention to what we are hearing. Let's, let's take some, uh, let's take this in and, and digest this. Let's, let's hear this. I don't, I don't want this just, I don't want the word of God to ever just be like any other entertainment. This is not entertainment. This is the breath of life. This is the source of our salvation. This is the source of our lives. So, so let's pay attention to this. Let's pay careful attention to the words that we would hear from God. Don't drift away. Oh, let's go back for our media. Let's go back to that passage in the uh, book of Luke chapter eight. Jesus speaks here about the word of God and how the word of God, this is sown. And a lot of times we use this parable. Uh, about us sowing the seed, and uh, if, as we, as as evangelists, we as uh, the ones who are inviting people to come to God, uh, we spread the seed. But we ourselves also are the ground. We ourselves are the field 
in which the word of God is being sown. And all of us, we might have some areas in our life where the word of God is falling and it's not taking root. But let's, let's read this passage here. This is the parable of the sower. It says, when much people were gathered together and they were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. There was a sower that went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some of it fell by the wayside. It was trodden down. It means it fell along the, the footpath that was along the field that's it's not been tilled. It's not been uh, cultivated to receive that, uh, for the, so the soil could receive that seed. So that, so, that uh, seed, as it fell there, it was trodden down the fowls of the air devoured it. Some of it fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked the moisture. This was that seed that fell upon that rocky ground, that place that uh, wasn't able to uh, to have the water there and to sustain the words. Some of it fell among the thorns, and the thorns, they sprang up with it, and they choked it. Other of it fell on good ground. That sprang up, and it bear fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So we're talking about hearing God's word. If you have ears to hear, then let's hear. If you have ears to hear, then let's allow the word of God to come and be implanted in us in a, in a way that uh, we are not allowing the rocks and the thorns to prevent us from hearing the word of God. The rocks in our life, those, those things that, uh, that we have that have uh, not been cultivated out of our life. If you have some areas in your life that, uh, that when the word of God comes, it just bounces right off of you. It's not able to take root because you have some things that you say, well, I don't want to accept that. I don't want to do that. You have some areas of your life that you're not willing to change. You're not, uh, you're not willing to allow God's word to take root in those, those spaces of your life. We need to get, we need to till the rocks out. We need to get the rocks out. There's some thorns that may be present in your life that if you allow it to, they will choke out the word of God. The cares of this world, the cares of life that are become more important than the word of God. Those things need to be pulled out, cultivated out of your life. Let's, let's allow the word of God to fall on some good ground in my life this morning. I need the word of God. Amen. Lastly, in, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22. We ought to act upon what we hear. It says here, to be doers of the word. Not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. Let's be doers of the word of God. Let's act on the things that we hear. I don't just want to be a hearer of it, but I want to be a doer of it. Let's go on to the next way to get a grasp on the word of God. We can also read the word of God. Here today, we are privileged, we are blessed uh, to be able to have access to a Bible. Not only throughout human history has this been something that is uh, uh, with, not within reach of the majority of the population, but uh, even today there are countries where 
This right here is illegal. They don't have access to be able to read this for yourself. You don't have access to this book. This is the most banned book in the world still today. Most banned book in the world. Uh, But uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 19. Deuteronomy 17, verse 19 says that it shall be with him and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law, these statutes, to do them. Reading the word of God, allowing the word of God to come in and, and to transform us, to change us. Let's, let's read this every day of our life. That was the instruction all the way back in Deuteronomy. All the way back thousands of years ago and it hasn't changed. The instruction from God as far as how he wants us to, uh, to, to know him. How he wants us to receive his word. is He says, let this be a daily bread. That's what Jesus prayed in his Lord's prayer. Receive this day your daily bread. That was what the uh, priests received as they would go into the, the tabernacle or the temple on a daily basis. They had the show bread, the, the daily bread that they would eat. Let's, uh, let's today, we need to get our dose of our daily bread. Let this be the word of God. Read it all the days of your life. All the days of your life. So let's, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just want to... Uh, just say to read the word of God, but let's, let's look at how we can study the word of God. That's our next, next way to get a grasp on our Bible. As you read the word of God, let's also study the word of God. I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to simply just read this as any other book, but I want to dive into it. I want to study it. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, it says, uh, speaking of those who are in Thessalonica, it says those are more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. They, here they were, they were seeking and they were uh, searching the scriptures on a daily basis. They are studying the word of God. These are the Bereans. These are the, the ones who they studied the word of God on a daily basis. They're in Berea. And uh, this is something that, that I, I want our church to be a, a church where we say, I, I don't just want to, to let this, this word be something that I get on a weekly basis and I hear it only, but, but let's be a church that all of us, we take it upon ourselves to study the word of God, to get this into our hearts, to let this be our daily dose of the word and the bread of life. So let's, uh, let's get into the word of God and to study it. Paul, He instructs his protege, Timothy, he says, study to show thyself approved. Study. Get into the word of God. Study the word of God. Get this into your life. Don't just let this be something that is for the, the Bible college graduate or the one who went to seminary. It doesn't, this is, this is for everybody. We can all get into the word of God and, and you may, your study may look different than somebody else's, but this isn't a competition. It's not, it's not about who can get the deepest revelation. 
It's about, how about just for yourself? What can I do to get just a little bit more entrenched in the Word of God this year? What can I do to get just a little bit more understanding this week? What can I do today to just let His Word shine uh, shine a little bit brighter in, in different areas today? What can I do to study, to allow His Word to come to bring me life? I think there's there's two secrets of effective Bible study that we could uh, we could know is one is that uh, to study other scriptures. So as you uh, are studying uh, a passage, perhaps you're, you're studying a certain passage or you're reading a certain passage, um, it may be helpful for you to to study some other scriptures. Maybe uh, on that same subject, uh, there's of course many uh, resources that you could use, whether online or in print. Uh, that that you could use, maybe even your Bible. Uh, not every Bible, of course, has this, but uh, maybe your Bible today it has some different scriptures that are uh, there in the margins, different places that it's it's linking to other passages that have a similar context. And those are effective study tools. It helps you get a grasp on what you're reading. And uh, the other thing is to to use some other study helps. Uh, you, if you have questions about this, not just and not just referencing scripture, but also referencing what what to uh, you know somebody who who understands this culture, somebody who maybe has studied this culture. What what do they have to say about this? And perhaps you have uh, I don't I'm not using it today, but back in my office I have an apostolic study Bible that I I love the notes that are written in there as it has different commentary on those scriptures, and it's it's a great way. To be able to get a firm grasp on these different words that I'm studying. But I think the best thing that you could do, I already mentioned it, but best thing that you can do is to uh, to prove the scripture with the scripture, not with another man's words. Man's words are fallible. You, if you have a study Bible there with you, it's it's beneficial a lot of times to read the notes of that somebody has, but just know that those notes that are there, those notes are not equitable with the notes that are above it, or not the notes, but the words that are above it that are the Scripture. <laughs> They're not on equal footing. So just know that, that whatever commentary you read, whatever um, devotions you may read, I, I believe, and, and I, I'm thankful for devotions. I don't want to discredit them. I'm thankful for uh, for men of God and, and Women of God who who have written devotions and commentary and and help us to understand it, but uh, but I do just want to caution, just uh, put that word of caution out there that it's not the same. And so, letting the word of God speak for itself is uh, is is a great um, thing to always always have in the back of our mind. The next way to get a firm grasp on the word of God is through memorization, memorizing God's word. In book of Proverbs chapter 7, Proverbs chapter 7 verses 2 and 3, it tells us to keep my commandments and live in my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of your heart. Well, the only way to write them on the table of my heart is is not through taking a pen, paper or something pen or pencil or writing this there, but but it's through receiving this in and, and memorizing this, allowing this to become something that 
is ingrained in who you are. I think that there is uh, certainly a lot of benefit in in the memorization of scriptures and and having uh, certain passages, uh, key scriptures uh, that you would memorize. There's a book that that I read a couple of years back that just just absolutely wrecked me. Love it. It's called uh, the Insanity of God. And in this book, it's a man missionary who he had went and uh, he uh, was going into Africa in a war-torn country and uh, he was there ministering and uh, felt defeated because it didn't feel as though there was anything happening. And so um, by the end of the book, we see that there was some, pro- there was some amazing things that were happening through that ministry. But uh, he begins to tell these stories. He began to travel around the world collecting these stories of, of people who uh, had been persecuted and the one particular, uh, this one particular uh, group of individuals that he was speaking to that had been in uh, the former Soviet Union and how uh, for them it was illegal to be a Christian, it was illegal to have a Bible and yet the, the extents that they went to and we heard even ourselves uh, from the testimony of, of a missionary that we had in here, Brother um, Brother Raymond, who, who had come and he was sharing his own family, or rather his, his wife's family's testimony of how uh, in, an, in a country where it was illegal to have this in their home, the lengths that they went to to still let this be memorized and written on their hearts and how they would, they would keep this and they would implant it in the words or in the minds and the hearts of, of children at a young age. Uh, they, going back to the book, uh, he, he was talking about those who were imprisoned and, and yet they would, uh, they would get this word of God if they could just, uh, remember and they would, they would work on memorizing those passages and, and being in prison for 25 years, still coming out with, with full pa- uh, passages of scripture that are memorized, that kept them, not because they had access to it, but because the word of God had been implanted in their heart because they had memorized the word of God. You see, we never know. You never know. I know we live here in America where we have freedom and I'm thankful for it. But uh, what, what we never know what tomorrow's going to bring. We never, we don't know the, the persecution that could come. That you could be stripped of the access to the word of God. That you could be stripped of, of being, uh, uh, you know, being able to pick this back up and, and you may never, never have this again. Let's get the word of God. And it's, I'd say less important to, to have those exact words, the these and the thous and all of that memorized and more important to just get the word of God, uh, implanted in us and just have an understanding, having a grasp of it. The only way to do it is the repetition. Unless you have, unless you're one of those who's blessed with a photographic memory and you can read it one time and that is forever implanted in your mind. Um, but even, even then, it's through that repetition of going back to that, revisiting it, that it becomes implanted, becomes memorized. See, through uh, some, some of the benefits, if I can just go through some of the benefits of memorizing scripture, one is that it helps us to resist temptation to sin. In that moment where you're being tempted, it's probably not going to be a moment where you can just open your, your grab, a, grab a Bible 
and you can pick it up and you can start to read and say, oh, yes, now I'm reminded not to do this thing that I'm being tempted with right now in this moment. If you go to uh, Psalm chapter 119, verse 11, it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When I hide it in my heart, when I have this memorized, when I know the word of God and that temptation comes and that uh, opportunity to sin is there, then, then it's in that moment that the word of God can come and it can say, hey, you don't have to do this. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil. That's all we have to do. Just, just put up some resistance and he's going to leave. You don't have to, you don't have to give in right now. You have hope. In Psalm 119, 105, it tells us that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So through the memorization of the word of God, it, it helps me to make wise decisions in my life. That as I have this implanted in my heart that, that there are some decisions that I come up against that I don't know what to do, but I can all, I can, uh, be guided by the word of God and to make wise decisions. In that same chapter, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, um, but, uh, there, and, not but, but, and, it is a, a passage that is focused exclusively to the word of God. Psalm chapter 119 and the benefits of the word of God. And in verse 49, it tells us to remember the word, remember the word unto thy servant, unto which thou hast caused me to hope. The word of God, it gives us cause for hope. I don't know if you've ever been in a time of stress or if you've ever been in a time where you feel hopeless. But in those moments when you feel hopeless, the Word of God can relieve you. It can bring hope to the hopeless. It causes us to hope. When you're, when you're in a time of stress, when you're in a time of, of great, um, great pressure, the Word of God can just come and it can begin to just relieve you of that pressure. It can relieve you of that stress that you have. That the Word of God can bring hope to you in your time of hopelessness. And speaking to that same, uh, that same thing in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, it says, Thy words uh, were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. So it uplifts us. It gives us joy. It helps us to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Jeremiah, he was known as the weeping prophet because... Uh, most of his words that he writes are not joyful like these words. So he's talking about the joy and the rejoicing. Uh, he's, he's lamenting uh, the people of God for falling away. He's lamenting the fact that uh, that there is destruction that's about to come to Jerusalem. And and uh, but but here when he begins to think about the word of God, he says it's the word of God and all of my lament and all of my lamenting that I get joy from the word of God. 
That I my, my soul is uplifted because I read your word, because I heard your word, I ate your word, I ingested it, I allowed it to come in and to completely change me and uplifted me. And so God is so good. God is so good and he is he can uplift you when you are down. Amen. Memorizing the word of God. He can help us to be a witness to unbelievers. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it tells us that we need to be prepared. It says to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. With meekness and with fear. That you're going to have opportunity to witness to others. You're going to have opportunity to come and to, to share with others the good news of Jesus Christ. You're going to have opportunities to go and to, to, uh, to be a witness to, uh, to what Jesus has done in your life. And, and you can always share your testimony. You can always share your own uh, personal story of transformation. But also uh, uh, doing so within the word of God and, and, and uh, talking about how the word of God is what uh, transformed you. It's what changed you. That is what brings your testimony power because it's not through you. It's not by my own might, but it's by God Almighty that I was able to be changed, that I could be a witness. And so it says be ready. When you have these opportunities to witness, be ready. Well, the only way I can be really be ready to witness and to share with them the word of God is to have it already memorized. And again, I, I think it's more important to be able to, uh, to memorize. Uh, you know, you don't have to have exact word for word. I think that's a good thing. I, we don't want to take uh, things out of context, and it's, it's great. I, I, I want that to be, a, uh, that ought to be a goal for us to, to memorize uh, passages as they are written, but, but more so than that, to just get this ingested, get the word of God in a place within you that you can share it with others, that you are ready to give them a word, not from yourself, but a word that comes from the Bible. Talking about getting a grasp on the word of God. Amen. I better hurry. We got, uh, two more, two more things here. Five minutes to do it. Number five is meditating on God's word. Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, says that those who are meditating, those whose delight is in the law of the Lord, those who delight in the law of the Lord, they meditate on it day and night. To truly find delight in the law of the, the law of the Lord, you meditate on it. That's verse three. It says, "When you do that, you shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. You're going to bring forth fruit in your season. Your your leaf is not going to wither, and whatever you do will prosper." This is the promise. This is the this is the word of God saying what what happens when we meditate on God's word. Now, what does it mean to meditate? I think meditation uh, itself is, um, has been perverted in some sense uh, today. And um, as far as what we, uh, you know, getting away from uh, meditating and allowing God to speak to us. But meditation 
really is simply thinking about that Bible verse, thinking about it, allowing this to soak in. Not just reading this and just, just letting it pass, but meditating on it, spending time on it. Thinking about the Word of God. Picture it in your mind. Pronounce the words. Par- paraphrase this. Let, this. let this Word be soaked in in different ways, in different ways. Personalize the Word of God. I, I love myself to, uh, to go to certain passages of Scripture, especially the book of Psalms, uh, in my prayer time. And personalizing those passages of Scripture. Personalizing the Psalms as David would write these prayers. And and bringing myself into them. Personalizing this. Pray the words. As you read this, just pray the word. Probe probe the word. Just, just say, what else can I mine from this? What else can I get out of this? I, I believe that this word right here, that the Bible, this is the deepest thing that you could ever study that there is no book there is nothing in this world that is uh, that has more depth to it than the word of god and it doesn't matter when we're talking about studying the word of god on a daily basis getting into the word you're never going to exhaust it you can do this for a hundred lifetimes and you're still never going to exhaust the word of god it's never going to be dry, but there will always be new life, new oil that you can strike within the Word of God. But it takes more than just reading it and passing it and just you know letting that come in one ear and out the other. But let's meditate on the Word of God. Let's think about it. Lastly, lastly is applying God's Word. In James chapter 1 verse 22, it instructs us to be doers of the Word. Not hearers only. And then it says that if you are just a doer, I'm sorry, if you're just a hearer and not a doer, then you are deceiving your own selves. If you're just reading this and not going and applying it, then you're deceiving yourself. You're, you're thinking that by reading it that it is beneficial to you somehow. But if you're just reading it and not doing it, then there's no benefit that ever came from it. The benefit doesn't come from the obedience of just just reading it or hearing it. The benefit comes from doing it, applying it. That's where the benefit comes. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus speaking here says, Whoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You have to apply the word. If you want to be great in the kingdom of heaven, there's some application that needs to happen. We'll land on this verse in John chapter 13, verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Knowing the word of God, hearing the word of God, reading the word of God... All of that is great, but it doesn't matter if you don't apply it. If you don't obey it, if you don't do it. And when you do it, when you live it out, you find the answers to life are in it. 
you find that even as much as my flesh may want to oppose it, as much as this world says that it's irrelevant, as much as as in myself sometimes we want to go and stray and do something else, that if we will hold to the word of God, that his word, it is never changing, it's never going to pass, it's never going to fade away, it's never going to become irrelevant, that the word of God is always applicable for my life today right now every situation that I face and so let's just close this out here is is talking about this application bridge that we can uh, that we can use as we talk about the then and the now the then of course these words that we have this is this is an old book the words that are written here uh, these are thousands of years old that was then it was written then you read this and sometimes you don't understand uh, everything that they were going through. Maybe you don't understand the full context, but but it helps to try to put yourself, if you're reading through this, especially as you read through the New Testament and these letters that are being written and uh, even Jesus speaking, uh, if you can just try as you're reading the Word of God to uh, to have this lens of interpretation where you are asking yourself, what did this mean to the original hearers? Those who were originally receiving this word, that letter that was written to them, and on Wednesdays, we're going to get back to this, uh, this week, uh, we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians. And part of that, we're trying to discover, what did this originally mean to the church in Corinth? How were they receiving this? This helps in our interpretation of Scripture to ask ourselves that question. The then, that then question on on that side of the bridge, over over here, the the interpretation of of this. How can I interpret the Word of God in the the right context so that the original hears uh, that this is what was meant? That I'm not speaking my own interpretation into. But then, here in the middle of the bridge, you have these timeless principles of... of, uh, these things that the implication what is what is the underlying timeless principle what is all of this implying because the word of god even though it was written to them then it still is something that is for uh, for us today that it is it is uh, still has a principle within it that is applicable today so what is the underlying timeless principle that's being taught and then let's land over here on this side of the bridge of the now or we can begin to personalize it where or how can I apply that principle in my life as I understand what they were what was being written to them then and I can interpret that in the right context and then I can I can receive the 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 principles of this the timeless principles how can I then apply these things to my life I think it's great to have uh, private Bible reading, private time. We all need that. We all ought to have that. But uh, there's also the benefit of coming together as the body of Christ. That's what we do here this morning. That's what we do in a, in a Bible study. We come together and, and we study the Word of God. But, but it ought not just to be gatherings like this within this building that we open up the Word of God together. I would encourage us as a church to dive into the word with others in fact let's dive into the word with somebody who's just 
freshly coming into a revelation of who Jesus is. I thought um, th- this week I was privileged to go and uh, spend some time in, in St. Louis as um, with my, my role within the, uh, the youth department of United Pentecostal Church. And I was there for some meetings and planning different things. And uh, one part of that we had uh, our general superintendent, Brother David Bernard, incredible, incredible man of God. And um, so thankful for him and his ministry. But he was... Uh, he was teaching us and or just, you know, just sharing some things with us. And one thing that he began to talk about is generations and how uh, there's three generations. That within three generations, there's, there's changes that begin to happen within the church, within people of God. You have a first generation who they have their own testimony. They've, they're the pioneers, maybe for themselves or maybe for... Uh, an entire church, their city. You're a pioneer. You have your own testimony of how the Word of God changed you. How these amazing stories of what happened when God came to you. Maybe yourself. Maybe you're a first generation. Uh, first generation, at least uh, as far as you know, coming into uh, coming into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you have your own story to tell. The next generation, they have those stories that they have heard. They've heard the stories of those who they dug it out. They were in the trenches. They dug it out. They're, they've been inspired by those, those stories. They've, they've, they've clung tight to it. The third generation, though, it's now one generation removed. They, they're not hearing those stories firsthand. They're not, they're not living that out for themselves. They, now they, of course, themselves have, may have their own testimony, but, but they grew up in this. And he talked about the dangers that, that can happen as, as you get removed from, from that experience, that first time experience of, of complete freedom from the struggles of this world. And he said the greatest antidote that we can have to that, the greatest antidote that we can have to being removed from, from that freedom, from the bondage of sin, is evangelism. As you begin to disciple somebody else, as you begin to find somebody that, that you are pouring into and that, sh- that you see them and you're, you're seeing the transformation that's happening in their life and you are discipling somebody else, then, then you begin yourself to see the powerful uh, application of the Word of God and how when it's applied in somebody's life, it works every time. It works. So, I say that to encourage you. Get together with others. Gather with somebody else. If you see somebody who, who they, uh, they are open to receiving the Word of God, if they are open to, to hearing the Word of God, dive into it with them. You don't have to start in the book of Revelation. You don't have to start in the book of Leviticus. You know, some of these deep things that uh, they may not understand. Just dive into the Word of God. Amen. We're over time here this morning. I'm glad all of our Sunday school classes made your way back in here today. But let's let's all stand. Let's all stand. As I said, here this first Sunday in 2024, we're, we're just going through some of the basic bedrock foundations of our walk with God. Getting a grasp on your Bible. Getting a grasp on the Word of God. 
how can I get a grasp on this here this year for myself? And so I just want us all around this place just to lift up our hands, close your eyes. and We're just going to just pray. Lord, help me. Would you just, just pray, Lord, to, to help you to get a grasp on his word? Would you just pray that, that prayer? Maybe, maybe today you need to, to make some commitments. I don't want you to make a commitment if you're not ready to do so. If you're not, if you're not going to be committed to it, don't commit to it. But if you want some change, if you want to see some things, may, uh, perhaps making a commitment right now, that that will matter. That will get you planted. God, I commit to you. God, your word, Lord, I let, I commit, God, this, this daily digestion of your word. God, that it would be something, Lord, that it will speak into my life daily. Lord, that I hear it, that I apply it. Lord, that I read it, that I memorize it. And I meditate on it. God, I want to get a grasp on it. I want to, I want this to be life changing for me. Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for all that God, I glorify you. Amen. Why don't we just, as we transition here right now, why don't we just let out a praise for the word of God? Amen. Just a a sacrifice of thanksgiving that God would allow his word to come and to change us and mold us. Amen.